I was going to start off today with some really tremendously emotional story of how someone serving in ministry just changed a whole community's life. But then I thought to myself, I know what some of you would think. You'd think that'll never happen to me. So how would that connect with me? So I decided to tell you the story of some ordinary people who have just served the Lord faithfully, unknown, unsung as heroes, but still making a difference because they were serving their local body of Christ faithfully, quietly, no fanfare, no medals, no recognition, just faithfully serving the body of Christ God had put them in. There's a woman named Mrs. Minnick. She worked for years in the nursery changing babies' diapers and preparing snacks every year for vacation Bible school, just loving on babies, loving on kids. But scores and scores of children came through those ministries, and they were loved, and they were served. There's Mrs. Saunders, who faithfully served her third-grade Sunday school class, teaching boys and girls about Jesus and his love for them every week, just week after week, year after year for decades. There's a retired man named Floyd, He faithfully served his church as a custodian, cleaning bathrooms and taking out trash every week so that adults and children could come and worship at a clean church. There's a retired couple in their 70s named Mr. and Mrs. Brubaker, who served as student ministry chaperones for many of the events and activities that the youth department did, and they served as kind of substitute grandparents for many of the youth whose grandparents had either passed away or lived far away. We'll come back to their stories a little bit later, but think about them as we talk today. Now listen, I don't want to strong arm you, I don't want to guilt you at all into serving the body of Christ, but I do want to encourage you to fulfill the design God has for your life by sharing with you four reasons that you should want to serve this church. The first reason is because of the cross, because of the cross. Look at Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 through 28. Here's what it says. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Listen, folks, Jesus gave us the ultimate reason for serving Because he did it, and he did it in a big way. He did it in the biggest way. God the Father sent his son Jesus to this earth to give his life for us, that we might experience eternal life. He gave everything. It's a great, great model for us. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We see here that Jesus didn't only save us so that we could go to heaven, so that we could be with him for all of eternity, but he saved us so that we would do good works right now, so that we would minister to one another, so that we would serve each other. It's really part of the why he saved us. It's not all for after we die, folks. It was for right now. It's so we could uh, be who he created us to be. You see, he didn't just save us so that we could bask in our salvation and wait for, us, you know, wait for each other to die. That's not, that's not why he saved us. He saved us so our lives have meaning and purpose 
and so that we do good for others by serving them. Now, I will tell you that as we grow in our Christ-likeness, our service should get higher. In fact, uh, as the pastors, uh, uh, as we prayed this morning uh, before the service, uh, we reminded ourselves uh, that we are to be the best four servants in this body. Uh, if you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, you must be a greater servant. And, and the higher you go in leadership in this church, the greater servant you are. It's not a privilege, it's a responsibility. And so we take that very, very seriously here to serve one another. You know, if, if Jesus is going to be our example, I want some of you who are already serving and maybe thinking to yourselves already, phew, I'm already serving, this sermon's not for me. I want you to reconsider that notion for a minute. Okay? If you've been around churches very much, you might know what we call the 80-20 rule. In most churches, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. That's just kind of how it goes. Well, I want you to know Fellowship of Grace is not like that at all. In fact, over 80% of the people in our church are involved in ministry in some way. But in that extremely high number, there are some who have agreed to serve one time a month in the kids' own ministry, or one time a month uh, to check kids in, or one time a month to clean the church. I want to ask you to think about the level of Jesus serving to the, and kind of compare that to the level of our serving. And just decide, are they, are they proportional in any way? Are they even close? Listen, I'm not knocking anybody who, who serves just uh, one time a month in, in children's ministry, but, but really, after seeing what he has done for us, is that all that we can give? Think about that as we talk a little more here. So we already see that Jesus went to the cross so that we might serve one another. There's another reason that we should be on a ministry team, and that's because of my calling. It's because of my calling. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. It says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. We see here that he has called us and even gifted us. Oh, I, don't want to do, I don't want to show you that too much. <laughs> too much too soon. We don't want to, uh, 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 he's called us and gifted us so that we might serve the body of Christ. Listen, we need to use our gifts to serve one another and be good stewards of his calling and these gifts. He says to serve with the strength that God supplies. Now, uh, I've been serving the body of Christ for uh, over 40 years. And uh, I know it's difficult at times. I started when I was a small, small child. <laughs> I know it's difficult at times, folks, to do ministry. I get that, okay? No one who's served the church for any period of time uh, has not run into challenges, has not run into difficulties. But folks, God's strength can overcome any of those challenges. And he's ready to help you. He's ready to help you with those challenges. Don't let fear of challenge keep you from being who he wants you to be. 
Don't let excuses keep you from serving, folks. Uh, Think about the parable uh, that Jesus teaches in Matthew 25. In Matthew 25, uh, there's a parable uh, where he says there's a there's a a, 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 an owner, a slave owner, and he he's he's leaving town, and he's he gives three of his servants, he gives one of them five talents, one of them two talents, one of them one talent, and he leaves town. Now the one with five talents, he invests it, doubles his talents, and now has ten. The one with two talents does the same thing. He invests it, doubles it, and now has four. The one with only one talent says, man, I, I, I'd hate to lose this thing. I'd hate to risk anything. Maybe I should just hide it in the ground. So that's what he does. Well, when the, the owner comes back, who, of course, is Jesus, when he comes back, the one with five talents says, hey, look, I've got the five talents you gave me, and I've doubled it. Here's five more. He says, man, you've been a good and faithful servant. You're, you're awesome. The one with two talents says the same thing. Look, I've doubled it. Here it is. Jesus says, you're awesome too. You're good and faithful. But the one who had the one talent and buried it in the ground, he goes back and he says, look, I've still got it. It's unused. It's unhurt. Nothing's happened to it. And there's two words that Jesus uses to to describe that servant. He says, you are wicked and you are lazy. Now, I want to make sure you understand what's happening here. This servant has not done something evil with it. Now, now having, uh, 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 I think, some level of talent in music myself, you can, you can take that talent and you can use it for a lot of evil stuff. He doesn't do that. He just says, I'm not using it at all. I'm just going to do nothing with it. I'm not doing anything bad, but I'm not doing anything good. And Jesus doesn't just say, you've been lazy with it which is a terrible thing for us to hear from the Savior. But he says, you've been wicked. You've been wicked. And in fact, he takes it away from him, and he gives it to the one with ten talents. He says, basically, I can trust you. I'm going to give you more. There's that principle again. It's throughout the Scripture. If you're faithful with little, God will give you more. But if you're unfaithful with little, he'll take it away. Folks, I... (laughs) We want something for you today, not something from you. Hear that. We don't want something from you. We want something for you. We want you to serve and be who God created you to be so that when he returns, you will hear you've been a good and faithful servant, not you've been wicked and lazy. I'm now going to take from you what I gave you. So we should be on a ministry team because of the cross, because of our calling and because of our capability. Now, I know some of you are like right here, okay, I'm out. <laughs> you don't know me. I, I, I'm really not capable to do anything of any value. Look what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. It says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, And the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. And individually members one of another. 
having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them, if prophecy, in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, uh, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So in this passage here, we see that God has gifted each one of us to serve the body. I don't know what your spiritual gift is, but he's given you one. If you, at the moment that you gave your life to Christ, if you have, the moment you crossed over that line of faith and put your faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross to save you from your sins, in that moment, you were given at least one spiritual gift. Most people have two or three, uh, at, at, you know, at least and, and he's gifted you for the purpose of serving in the body. Now, I know you may have seen in that passage the word serving, and, and you might say, oh, whew, I haven't been given the gift of service. I'm out. <laughs> Off the hook. No, no, no. That's the little s serving. You can say the big s serving is all of those things. Okay? Uh, a leader serves the body when they lead well. Uh, uh, a person who shows mercy uh, serves the body when they uh, show mercy well. And just because I haven't been given, given the gift of mercy doesn't mean I don't have to show mercy, folks. Okay? Uh, but, but he has gifted you to serve the body. And these are not superpowers, okay? As much as they are really super motivators. Uh, we did a series a couple of years ago during the summer on spiritual gifts and got into them very specifically. And, and, and what we, we, we see in the scripture is that it, just because God it gives you the gift of evangelism doesn't mean you all of a sudden lead hundreds of people to Jesus everywhere you go. What it means is you're constantly, your heart is constantly being turned to, to share the gospel with people. That, that's a motivator. It, it drives you. It causes you to think certain ways and do certain ways and react certain ways. It does drive you because when you get into a ministry where you're doing that, you find fulfillment. Now, listen, when it comes to the body of Christ, the church, we sometimes we just have to serve because things have to get done, okay? We, we can't say, well, sorry, I can't clean the toilet because that's not my gift, <laughs> you know? But we want to help you find the place that God has made you for so that you'll feel fulfilled and energized, listen, energized by serving. Listen, energy follows fulfillment. And, and when you find the place that God has designed you for and you get involved, you may expend a, 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 an incredible amount of energy and effort and time and all of that and you're just exhausted at the end of it. But there's a certain amount of energy you get from that. It, it, it charges you up. Listen, when I come on Sunday mornings and I, I uh, you know, on the Sundays when I have to play the drums and then I preach and then I play the drums and then I preach, listen, when I'm done, I am exhausted. I am emotionally, physically, uh, mentally, uh, any other way I can be drained, I'm drained, okay? But there's a certain amount of energy I walk out with. I'm just like, man, I just, I've been who God wants me to be today. And listen, I want you to experience that. We all want you to experience that. God has given you a specific personality, some natural abilities and talents, and if you're a Christian, spiritual gifts to mold you into the perfect servant to match the ministry that he's calling you to. Uh, that's why we don't give anybody a life sentence here at Fellowship of Grace, okay? And there are some churches where, you know, you got to be really careful because if I sign up for children's ministry, I'm there till I die, okay? We don't do that. 
Listen, if you want to just try something, you go, hey, I don't know if this is right for me, but I want to get involved and try it. Can I do this for a month and check it out? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get you in there. And at the end of that month, if you go, listen, this is not the thing for me. Okay, fine. Let's find the thing that is for you. Let's find the place that's right for you. Uh, You know, not everybody's called to the same thing. Uh, An example, it's really funny when uh, teachers come to Fellowship of Grace, and we have several teachers here. When teachers, especially teachers of small children, come to Fellowship of Grace, they generally take one of two completely opposite positions. They either say, man, I love kids so much. I love being around them all week, and and I, I just can't wait to get involved in the children's ministry. Please, can I be involved in the children's ministry? I'll serve every week, and then I'll go to the other service, and, and, and can I do that? Can I do that? And that's awesome. And then some of them go, hey, listen, I'm a teacher, and I'm with kids all week, and I don't want anything to do with them on the weekend. Okay, I want to be as far away from them. I will clean the toilets with a toothbrush if you don't make me serve in children's ministries. We get that. We get that. We get the fact that they're different, folks. Here's the thing. One of the key parts for pastors is to put the puzzle together. You see, this church has many needs, many needs all across. You saw that, that video. They've talked through the ministries. But there's also many people. And part of our responsibility is to help you find the right place because all the pieces of the puzzle are here. I've never gone to a church where they say, well, we just can't do music on Sunday mornings because the whole church wants to serve in children's ministry. I've never seen a church like that. Have you? I've never been to a church where they say, hey, listen, there's 42 people on the stage all singing, but we had to cancel children's ministries because we couldn't get anybody to sign up. Never seen that. You see, God's always putting the pieces together of the puzzle and fitting them. So we're just trying to help you find your place. But listen, everybody does have a place. Everybody is called and everybody is capable by God to serve in some area where if you will get there, you will find fulfillment and energy by serving. So you should serve on a ministry team because of the cross, because of your calling, and also because of your capability. And lastly, because of my commitment. Because of my commitment. Look what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, sometimes people read these passages and say, well, shouldn't we be serving everybody? I'm just serving everybody in, you know, in the world. Okay, that's great. But the Bible's very specific that God's uh, really given us these gifts and abilities to serve the body of Christ. And, and one of the things, as I showed you last week when we were talking about community groups, is that if, you've been a, if you are a member here of Fellowship of Grace, when you became a member, you signed um, this member covenant. This member covenant. And I know what you're thinking. It's too small to read. He can probably say it says anything. Well, let me blow it up for you. Okay, so you can see that. I'm not lying to you. A couple of things that it says there is in that second paragraph down, it says, uh, I'm committing to partner with one another to accomplish the purpose of the church. And a couple of paragraphs down further, it says, I'm, I'm committed to pursue the, advancements of, the advancement of the kingdom of God by exercising my spiritual gifts and talents to spread the gospel and build up the body of Christ. If you're a member here, you've already committed to this. You've already agreed to do it. 
Do it. Okay? You've, you've covenanted to do that. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no be a person of your word and get involved in ministry. Get involved in serving. And by the way, if you're not a member and you've been coming here for quite some time, I'm, I'm not talking to those of you who, you know, this is your first Sunday here or your second or third, whatever. But if you've been coming here for months and months and you're not a member yet, why? Is it because you don't want to serve? You, you don't want to commit? Well, folks, that's, that's being a spectator in the body of Christ. That's not a, being a contributor. That's not really being a full-fledged, card-carrying member of the body of Christ. You need to be involved in a local church. And by the way, if you say, I just don't like this church enough uh, to, to become a member and serve, then stop coming here. Go to a church you find where you can do that. Really. I would rather you be fulfilled and fulfill what God has put in you to be than to sit around here and not ever serve. We talk a lot about growing in our financial generosity. We all want to become more generous people because that's part of our discipleship process. But have you ever thought about growing in your Christ-likeness by being more generous in your serving? Consider becoming a more generous server. And don't, don't wait for the pastors to have to call and beg you to do it. Just tell us, hey, I want to do more. I'm, I'm ready. Where do I go? What do I do? Do you spend more hours entertaining yourself and your kids every week than you do serving the body of Christ? Folks, it's hard to see what he did on the cross and realize that we spend 30 or 40 or 80 hours a week entertaining ourselves and one hour a month serving the body of Christ. We can do better. We can do better. Is our level of serving the body of Christ proportional to Christ's service to us? Is it even in the same ballpark? The same field? Same county? We want to encourage you to increase your service to the body of Christ because we want to help you fulfill who God made you. I want you to hear that today. We're doing this ministry fair to inform you of your options, give you an on-ramp to either begin serving or Encourage you to take your next steps in growing in your uh, level of service to God's kingdom. You remember the four people I told you about at the beginning? Uh, Mrs. Minnick, the faithful nursery worker, just loving babies and kids. Mrs. Saunders, the faithful Sunday school teacher. And Mr. Floyd, the gentleman that cleaned his church every week. And the retired brew bakers who were chaperones for the student ministry. Listen, all of these people were faithful servants in the local church I grew up in. They all had an important part in me becoming a faithful follower of Jesus. All of them impacted my life somehow. And Fogg is here today in part because each of them looked to the cross. They fulfilled their calling they relied on their God-given capabilities and they followed through and completed their commitments, folks. Now, I don't even know, I know that several of them have passed away. I don't even know if they realize the investment they made. But folks, God is keeping track. And you can bet 
when they get to heaven, God will show them the reward for their faithfulness in serving the body of Christ and everything that gets accomplished through the faithful service of this church for the next 150 years. Somehow, Mrs. Minnick, Mrs. Saunders, Floyd, and Mr. and Mrs. Dale Brubaker are going to get a little credit for everything this church does in the future. Folks, I want you to be a part of that. I want you to get in on that. I want you to experience that, and I want you to stand before God someday and hear him say, well done. You've been a good and faithful servant, and I want that for you so bad. I want that for you so bad. I titled this sermon, Why Serve on a Ministry Team? But you know the real title should have been, Why Not Serve on a Ministry Team? Folks, there is no reason if you have been saved by God's wonderful grace and mercy, there is no reason that you should not be involved in mercy. I know some of you may have limitations, but there's not a single person in here who can't be on the prayer team. There's not a single person in this. Listen, if you're conscious, you can pray for people. There's no reason that we should not be at 100% of our members serving the body of Christ. And I want that for you, not from you. Let me tell you something. And I know sometimes when we say those kind of things, you all go, yeah, right. You guys need more people in the children's ministry. Listen, God's going to take care of his church. He just does that, with or without you. He's going to take care of his church. But I want that for you. I want you to experience that. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity that you have created when creating the earth to give us an opportunity to serve you back. God, you could have created the world so that there was just no way that we could ever do anything back for you. All we could do was take from you. And Father, we have already received so much. If we never got another thing from you, we would still be blessed beyond measure. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross to save us from our sins. Thank you for the opportunity we have now to serve you by giving to your local church, to this body of Christ. Thank you for giving us really many opportunities to serve you by serving this church. God, help us to do better. Help us to uh, just see the proportion of our service to you in relationship to your giving to us. And God, help us to be motivated to serve you in a greater way. We all want to stand before you someday and have you proud of us. Have you say, you've been good and faithful. Thank you. God, we want to hear that from you. Help us to live lives that actually cause you to say those things. And thank you again for the opportunity to do it. Now, as we go from this place, Help these folks as they walk out and, and go through these uh, ministries out here in the, in the lobby. Uh, Father, just help them to be drawn to the place you want them. Help them to find their place. Help them to figure out where their piece of the puzzle fits that they might receive fulfillment and energy from serving you and being a good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.